The Your Mark on the World show is made possible by our sponsors, including Gate Global Impact, Seed Equity Ventures, and Patch of Land. Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. I'm a Forbes contributor covering social entrepreneurship and impact investing, and we have a great social entrepreneur on the show today. We have Lisa Curtis, who's the founder and CEO of Cooley Cooley. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, we're excited to have you. You're you're just a tremendous example of a great social entrepreneur, and we appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Uh, Now, you have been really hitting it out of the park with Cooley Cooley. Uh, I talked to you a couple of years ago when you were just getting started, and uh, now you're in 800 Whole Foods stores, partnering with the Clinton Foundation. Holy cow. Tell us a little bit about how the last few years have gone for you. Yeah, so I started this company out of the Peace Corps. I was a volunteer in Niger, West Africa, and was started eating Moringa myself to help improve my own nutrition and found that this plant was so nutritious, I wanted to bring it to the U.S. Um, but I initially had no idea how to do that. <laughs> so I, um, it, it, it all has, has come together quite well in the sense that, you know, we launched at the end of 2013. Um, we got into 200 stores our first year on the market and gathered a lot of momentum. And then um, more recently, we expanded our supply chain from Ghana to Haiti, where we partnered with the Clinton Foundation and Whole Foods Market to develop a new product that helps reforest Haiti. It really is. Uh, I was spent some time in Haiti last fall, and it's just tragic. Uh, I'm headed to the island again this next week, uh, and uh, it, it is just a crazy, crazy place that I think some estimates are that it's 98% deforested. So creating a, a population of trees that will generate revenue, because that's really what people burn the trees for is revenue. They, they cut the trees down to make charcoal. A uh, huge opportunity for impact. Yeah. So I actually just got back from Haiti on Sunday. Um, and one of the most sort of astonishing things there was that the farmers were so excited to plant moringa trees because for them it's a very clear economic win um, and they do see the value of planting trees if they can if they can earn an income from it um, so uh, you know it's it's definitely a win-win in that sense so tell us a little bit about how you cultivate and grow moringa trees because that's really uh, exciting for the Haitian population yeah so moringa is one of the fastest growing trees in the world and it's very drought tolerant, so it grows well in places like Haiti, um, you know, India, Africa. Um, so you actually can harvest it within 90 days of planting it. Uh, so it's just incredible. From seed to a, a little tree with leaves, it, it really does grow quite fast. Um, and one of the amazing things about that is often other crops that um, farmers will plant, such as lime trees or coffee or um, cacao will take many years before they actually see the fruit of their labor. Um, and for Moringa, they, they get an ROI right away. Wow. So how big do the trees get ultimately? Or do you actually just, when they have that first harvest in 90 days, do they kill the tree or do they grow the tree? After? No, no, they don't, they don't kill the tree at all. Um, they do chop 
the tree, chop the top off. It doesn't hurt the tree. The tree continues growing, um, but the trees can get up to 20 feet tall, which you can imagine if you're a farmer trying to harvest the leaves off the tree, it's pretty hard when it gets that tall. So they'll just cut off the top um, so that the branches will start to grow out to the side more and make it easier to harvest. Wow. Very exciting. Very exciting. Well, you, you provided us with some great motivational, inspirational tips to help entrepreneurs. And I think social entrepreneurs sometimes face really daunting challenges. Certainly, I think you can relate to that. But you, you gave us some great tips. Your first tip was to write down something you're grateful for every day. Tell us about why you think that's important. Yeah. So I actually started this about eight years ago. I was um, in college and found that I was crossing, putting an X through every day in my calendar. And, you know, when you think about that on a more philosophical level, like counting down the days until the day you die isn't actually a good way to spend your life. Um, <laughs> and so for me, bless you, <laughs> I've got a little bit of a cold as well. Maybe it's going on through the airwaves. Um, but for me, one of the things I started doing was just keeping a little calendar next to my bed. And every night before I go to bed, I write down the best part of my day. Um, and starting a company really is a roller coaster ride. Um, you know, they, something that's said a lot, but it, it is true. One moment you're on the top of the world and the next moment you're, why am I doing this? This is so difficult. <laughs> um, you know, you, you just can't see out of that sort of dark hole. Um, and so for me, forcing myself to find something positive to say, even about the, the darkest days, I think has just given me a much more positive outlook and helped me cope with a lot of the challenge that starting any company, social enterprise or not, um, entails. Yeah, it, 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 I think it is powerful. Uh, and I, I see how it could really help uh, a social entrepreneur, especially to uh, cope with the, the frustrations that we deal with every day. You, your second tip was to imagine uh, what it would feel like to have your goal accomplished. Tell us about why you think that's a powerful tip. Yeah, so it's, it's something that I've done a fair amount of research on. And the, the interesting thing about uh, social entrepreneurs in particular is that they have big visions and people often tell them that, you know, they aren't, they're, they're not going to make it. It's too crazy. It's too wild. Um, but they're able to hold that vision in their head and ultimately get other people to see that vision with them. Um, so it's something, you know, I've started doing with my team where we'll actually do a visualization exercise as, as kind of, you know, cheesy as that might sound. We'll, we'll just have everyone in the room and say, you know, what would it, what would this look like? What would this feel like to have someone like Whole Foods as our partner? You know, what, and, and just in, if people can, you know, envision it, it's much more likely that they can make it a reality and it seems less crazy. I, it really is powerful. You know, it's, it's amazing if you search for the words vision board on, on Google, you'd just be amazed at the resources that come up. There's this whole industry about helping people visualize success. And I think that exists because it has a really powerful effect on us, doesn't it? It, it absolutely does. I mean, I learned this when I was a little kid playing soccer and my coach told me to just Imagine yourself scoring a goal before you, you know, before each game and it makes you much more likely to score. But when you apply that to business, I think it works even better. 
Yeah. Now, your third tip was to take one small step towards your impossible goal every day, even if it's just sending an email. How have you found that to work for you? Yeah. So for me, the idea of trying to introduce a new superfood that no one had ever heard of, a bitter green, having no experience in the food industry, trying to do that and like saying, oh, I'm going to get this, this moringa plant into every store in the U.S. or Whole Foods nationwide. That just seemed seemed impossible, right? And and so I think for us, when we started out, we wanted to take very small steps towards that goal. Um, and so initially, we made moringa bars in our kitchen, um, and then we started testing them out in farmers markets. And for us, that was a very easy way to like take a first step towards the much broader goal, um, but to not get too caught up in oh, I don't have the experience or the funding or whatever to execute on the big vision. You know, let's think about what the little things and tools that we do have to make this smaller step happen. So you've really had a lot of success already, but uh, you just recently launched a new line of energy drinks, uh, energy shots. How is that going? Yeah, so that was really cool. It was um, actually a collaboration between us and Whole Foods. So we came to them um, after working with the Clinton Foundation and this nonprofit in Haiti um, to start planting moringa trees and said, you know, hey, Whole Foods, we have this opportunity to create a product that actually tells the story of what it looks like to support Haitian farmers and plant trees there. Um, And they came back to us and said, you know, we love it. We want to work with you and we want to create something new. So they they look like this. Um, They're about the size of a five-hour energy, but the um, similarities stop there. So they're, um, you know, a green, basically a cross between a green juice and a cup of coffee with the health benefits of a green juice and the energizing benefits of a cup of coffee. So it just launched in Whole Foods nationwide, and um, we've been getting a lot of really positive feedback. So it's been exciting. That is great. So uh, you work a lot with the... Women-owned cooperatives. Tell us a little, little bit about that, the, the, the strategy behind that, how well it's working, and, and who the women are that you're working with. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we're a women-owned business, and we think empowering women is a very powerful tool, a very powerful tool. And there's been a lot of research that has shown in the developing world in particular, if you give women an economic livelihood, they're much more likely to use that money to invest in their community, whether it's sending their kids to school or um, paying for health care, that kind of thing. Um, and we've found that in a lot of places in the world, Moringa is naturally grown by women um, and particularly uh, processed by women. So we work with women-owned farming cooperatives in Ghana and in Haiti, um, and we're now starting to explore uh, working in Nicaragua as well. So we're um, pretty excited to be supporting more farmers as we go. It is a a key principle of of what you're working on, and I I think it's exciting to see that beginning to bear fruit. I want to take advantage of the opportunity while we've got you to to get a a few personal insights. Uh, Really, as you become more and more successful, you, you are becoming more admired, more of a role model to more people. Who do you look up to? as a role model? Yeah, uh, I really admire Jacqueline Novogratz. So she's the founder of Acumen Fund. And she, I actually read her book when I was in Peace Corps. 
And it just really struck me that, you know, you can do something that's good for the world and is also profitable and that those aren't opposing forces. Um, and so her book really explained the idea of social enterprise to me, you know, five years ago when it, there weren't as many people talking about it. And I um, actually sent her an email saying, you know, she had no idea who I was, but I said, I'm sitting here in my little village and I'm, I'm reading your book and I, I really is resonating with me. And she replied and said, you know, it's great. If you're, we have people working with Acumen there, if you want to connect with them, um, which I, I thought was just incredible to have someone who's, you know, so accomplished also to have such humility and um, willingness to help others accomplish the same thing. So I, I try to think of that when I get other people reaching out to me with sort of similar requests. Yeah, that's great. Uh, pay it forward. Now, yeah. I wonder, uh, you were in uh, Niger, uh, you were eating Moringa, uh, but I, I want to try to understand what catalyzed in your mind the desire to uh, take action, to actually do something uh, so ambitious as to launch a food and beverage company that would source its products in poor countries for the benefit of the poor and, and, and sell the healthy products in the U S for the benefit of uh, the well-off there. Tell us a little bit about the model and, and why you personally felt responsible for doing something. So the, the kind of crazy thing was this was my way of dealing with um, circumstances that weren't going well. So I was in my Peace Corps village um, for about seven months, had just started working on Moringa, had just started, um, you know, building up with a cooperative to sell Moringa locally. And then there was a terrorist attack in Niger and we were forced to evacuate. So I came back to the U.S. Um, feeling like I had gotten so much from the people I was working with, but had never had the chance to give anything back. Um, and that idea really stuck with me, particularly when you walk into any supermarket in the U.S., you just think you know, we have so much opportunity here. How can I pay that forward? Um, so it's it's been something that has continued to be a, a driving force for me. Oh, that's great. Now, one, one last question. We ask all of our guests for a an impact hack. And I realize you've given us some great tips already, but you have one more uh, impact hack that we can all apply to do more good in the world. Yeah. So I think... Um, thinking of what your sort of competitive advantage as a social enterprise is. Um, so a lot of times people ask, you know, how did we, how are we able to form partnerships with the likes of Whole Foods and Timberland and Jose Andres and all of these really influential people and organizations? And it's because our mission and the change we want to make in the world fits into the mission of these much larger organizations. So I think social enterprises should really think about how they're, the mission that they're trying to do, how that fits into the mission of other organizations and how they can all come together to make an even broader impact. All right. That is a, a great, great concept. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. Before you go, I want you to tell people how they can um, find your products, uh, learn more about them and connect with you. That sounds great. Yeah. So our energy shots, which I showed before, are in Whole Foods nationwide. Um, along with our pure moringa powder, uh, had to had to do the the visualization thing. <laughs> um, and then for me, I am 
get a lot of email. I'm actually faster at Twitter. So if you tweet at me, it's at Lisa Curtis is my handle. L-I-S-A-U-R-T-I-S. Um, I'm much faster to respond that way. Great. Well, Lisa, we really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. We wish you every success in scaling up uh, Cooley Cooley for the sake of all those great women you're working with around the world. Thank you so much for having me, Devin. It's been a pleasure. All righty. Let's do some good. At the intersection of financial services and social media, Gate Global Impact. GGI uses new market infrastructure to facilitate investments in organizations that deliver a societal, environmental, and or a cause-related benefit in addition to a financial return. Seed Equity Ventures is a registered broker-dealer with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and a member of both FINRA and SIPC, providing investment banking services to startups globally. Seed Equity's mission is to find the best and brightest entrepreneurs and connect them with global investors. Patch of Land is the leader in real estate crowdfunding with a mission to provide real estate entrepreneurs with easy access to capital from thousands of investors who want to invest in the revitalization of American neighborhoods. Patch of Land is building wealth and growing communities. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devonthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devon hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.